0: You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham, coming to you today from Los Angeles, California. And I do not have my regular microphone, so it's going to sound... Not quite as good, um, Using the, I'm actually using my phone to record this and some headphones, but I've done this before and it always works out. So bear with me if the sound is not perfect radio, high quality, um, but we are in Los Angeles checking some stuff out. Got a great podcast for you today, uh, really excited about it. And I wanna start off by saying my jazz, my Utah jazz are rolling they are 9 and 1 over their last 10 games which is the best in the NBA over the last 10 games. Jazz 9 and 1 winners of four straight finally gelling like the team we all thought they would be and ironically still doing it without Mike Conley Jr. And so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when he is healthy and ready to come back because you don't want to mess up the chemistry that's you know been created here and the the momentum that's going in the right direction. But at the same time, you've got a guy you're paying $33 million to that is a, you know, a a near all-star level player and we need him to be that guy. And so I'm still hopeful that when Mike Conley Jr. comes back, that we can incorporate him in. The problem is Joe Ingles is far better as a starter. So I think the starting lineup needs to be Joe Ingles with Mike Conley Jr., Donovan Mitchell, Bogdanovich, and then Rudy Gobert. And I think we need to, have other guys come off the bench because what they had been doing was having uh Ingles come off the bench and I just I just have never been a huge fan of of Ingles coming off the bench. He just plays way better as a starter. So Jazz 9 and 1 over the last 10 best record in the NBA over that time and I'm I'm very hopeful as a Jazz fan. So uh sticking with the NBA Jimmy Butler a very interesting thing happened last night. Uh they the the Heat won they're surprisingly very good which we'll get into that they're they're, they're performing a lot better than i thought they would um, but jimmy butler there's some the reporter is interviewing eric spolstra head coach of the heat and he, he you know tells him some stats where essentially the heat are actually winning more games when jimmy butler shoots poorly than they are when he shoots well and you know the the reporter's just wondering if that means anything to spolstra and he, of course, says, No, not really. You know, we're certainly not going to game plan to see if we can miss more shots to try and win games. Uh, but then he says, You know what, well, this, this should tell these younger players what it means to be a max player. And that what it means to be a max player is, does the team win more games as a result of you? And he obviously feels that Jimmy Butler is a huge reason why they're winning so many games. And so I'm curious what you guys think. Is Jimmy Butler worthy of that max contract. You know, it's an interesting thought because he's right on the fringe, right? Like he didn't have teams lining up last year to give him this max deal. Miami did. Uh, Dwayne Wade, I think was a huge selling point for him getting that max deal. In fact, by the time this podcast gets posted, uh, the Heat will have finished another game right now. They're down seven to the magic, but overall in the standings, the Heat are... Maybe the biggest surprise of the NBA, they're 25-9, and nine, which is third in the East and fourth overall in the NBA uh, behind, of course, Milwaukee, first overall, and then second overall, again, is uh, the Lakers, and then Boston, and then Miami. So they're fourth overall, third in the East, 16-1 and one at home. The Miami Heat, 16-1 and one at home. And Jimmy Butler is obviously a, a huge factor there. He's their best player, but they've got a lot of guys that have been contributing um, out of having a, a fantastic season, but Jimmy Butler's stats, which again, it's not all about stats. And that's what Spolster was really getting at is that, you know, it's not just stats, but he's averaging uh, 20 points, 20.3 to be exact, 6.8 rebounds and 6.6 assists. So he's not putting up, you know, LeBron or Luca, or any number of guys, type numbers. Anthony Davis, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, actually, those aren't too far off of some of those guys. It's, it's points really where there's a bit, little bit of a drop off. But he does have those great leadership skills, um, and he's capable of scoring more. But he's not shooting. He's not shooting poorly this year. He's not shooting great either, though. He's shooting 42.4%, which is actually among the lowest of his career. But it's not. It's not horrendous. It's, you'd like to see him be. A little bit better, and the biggest reason for that is he's only shooting twenty seven point six percent from three, which is obviously not good enough. He, you know, and that is that is below his career average. His career average is thirty three point seven. Two years ago in Minnesota, um, actually, I guess it was just last year. The first, you know, little bit in Minnesota, he was shooting thirty eight percent for the season. He ended up shooting about thirty four percent last year, so he's down seven percent from last year's three point shooting percentage. So, if he could improve there, I think. I think that would be a huge plus for him and for his, just just how people view him. But yeah, averaging 20 points a game, which is, I'm looking at his career. I just pulled it up to see where that ranks in his career. He averaged 24 one season, 22 another, 21 another, 21 another. So it's his fourth highest of his career so far, or fifth highest. One, two, three, four. Yeah, it's his fifth highest of his career, but right on track with his you know, with uh, what he's been doing really recently. So I'm curious, is Jimmy Butler a max player in your mind? In my mind, he is. And here's the reason. He does have those stats we just mentioned, which are very, very impressive. 20 points, almost seven boards, almost seven reba- uh, assists. But defensively, the guy is always playing at a high level on the defensive end. He's always among you know the top wing defenders in the league, making first, second, or third team all defense. Um, this year, he's averaging two steals per game, which is obviously very impressive. So you take into account his leadership skills and his defensive abilities, his ability to get stops, and then, of course, the, the obvious stats that everybody pays attention to, which are, of course, points, rebounds, and assists. All of those are pretty, pretty impressive. So to me, Jimmy Butler is a max player. Um, and I think that I love what Spolster hit on with those intangibles because I think those intangibles are far too often overlooked. People just want to focus on stats and that's where a guy like LeBron James versus Michael Jordan or, or, uh, you know, a Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. Those intangibles are so valuable. How clutch are they? How much can you count on them in key moments? Um, how, how much do they truly make others around them better and help others rise to the occasion? Do they have those, those hustle plays, those defensive stops that don't show up on the stat sheet? Things like that. And Jimmy Butler does score pretty high in all of those categories. And so to me, Jimmy Butler is a guy that is a max player. Um, tweet at me or comment if, actually there isn't a YouTube today. Um, so tweet at me, at Sean Bingham. I wanna know if you think Jimmy Butler is or is not a max player. Um, I, I think that he is, um, and I think he's proven it with the Heat off to the fourth best record in the NBA, and this is not like some small sample size. I mean, you look at the NBA season so far, we're 35 games in. You know, That's that's near half. So the season's nearly half over, more than a third over. Um, honestly, nearly half over. 41 games is the halfway point, and teams have played 34, 35 games. So Jimmy Butler's getting it done. The Heat are getting it done. They're like a real contender in the East. I personally don't see them getting out of the East. I don't even know that I see them getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I'll tell you what: if they can get home, if they can get one of those top two seeds, they probably will get to the to the Eastern Conference Finals because they're so good at home. On the road, they're just nine and eight, but at home, sixteen and one, best in the NBA. So that is that is uh, very interesting stuff uh, out of the NBA. But tomorrow is NFL day. Wildcard weekend is upon us. I've already made my predictions, but there was a very interesting article that came out in ESPN Plus. I pay for that, you know, super fancy <laughs> membership to ESPN Plus, and they ranked the quarterbacks in the playoffs 1 through 12. And there was a very interesting ranking where they have Aaron Rodgers ranked 11th out of 12. 11th and so very interesting to me because he isn't having that fantastic stat you know, season that he's had. Um, but to me, 11th out of 12, it seemed like he should be higher than that. So I started looking, and this is where the, you know, I'm segwaying from the Jimmy Butler intangibles into the Aaron Rodgers intangibles because I look at this list and guys they've got, so I'll just go through the order for you. Lamar Jackson, they've got at number one. Hard to disagree with that the way he's playing right now. Russell Wilson at number two. Hard hard to disagree with that as well. I would maybe say with the intangibles included, I would maybe swap that to Russell Wilson number one. If I'm trying to win a Super Bowl this year and I've got one quarterback to do it and I have to choose between those two, I'm picking Russell Wilson based on experience and, and things like that. But can't argue against Lamar Jackson. The guy's the MVP. Uh, Drew Brees at number three. Patrick Mahomes at number four. Ryan Tannehill at number five. Now, here's, a, here's an interesting thing. We hear names, and we immediately brand them as something, right? Like, whatever they've done, we kind of make it hard for them to undo it, for better or for worse. Aaron Rodgers has done some great things. Tom Brady's done some great things. So we just, in our minds, are like, oh, Tom Brady's the GOAT. Well, this year, he's not playing like the GOAT. You know, not at all. Um, Ryan Tannehill, like we think, oh, he's like a backup quarterback. He's an he's a average starter, a great backup. Well, not this year. He's not this year. They're seven and three with him starting. They started out the year what like two and two and four. Uh, the Tennessee Titans did, benched Marcus Mariota, have gone seven and three since. I could honestly see them beating New England tomorrow. I don't think they will. My money's on New England, but Tannehill's playing fantastic. They've got him ranked five, and he's one where I don't think I'd rank him that high. But I'm not going to put him down at twelve just because you know, history tells me that he's a backup because he's not playing like one at least these last 10 games. He's playing extremely at a, an extremely high level. The Titans have a red zone uh, touchdown percentage. I think it was like 81% or something like that, which is just insanely good. Um, I'm seeing if I can find that right here. I, I can't find it right now. I, th- I swear it was like 81% or something like that where they're, just, they're scoring touchdowns at an unprecedented rate. Um, when they get into the red zone, so, something where they, they might not be able to keep it up, honestly. Um, yeah. So Tannehill is at five Deshaun Watson is at number six for the Texans, Kirk cousins, number seven. Here's a guy who has all the stats. He, he is just racking up yards, racking up touchdowns, very few interceptions, high passer rating. But then, man, he gets in the big stage, and he just never seems to perform. The guy's 0-9 on Monday night, which is when the spotlight's the greatest uh, during the regular season. As a Redskins fan, I think Kirk Cousins uh, is a fantastic quarterback who doesn't seem to have those intangibles that you're looking for uh, that, would, to me, would put him below a guy like like Aaron Rodgers. If I'm trying to win a game this year in the playoffs, and i got to choose Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over Kirk Cousins, but they got Cousins at seven, Carson Wentz at eight. Interesting. Um, not sure what to not sure what to think there. Garoppolo at nine. I think I'd put Garoppolo ahead of Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill personally. Um, Tom Brady at ten, with the intangibles, the leadership ability, the clutch factor, the experience. I would put Brady ahead of Tannehill as well. I know this season his stats are quite a, you know, quite down. But I mean, he's he's tough to tough to bet against Tom Brady um, in the playoffs. Then they have Aaron Rodgers at 11, and then Josh Allen at 12. So, um, and I and I think Josh Allen probably deserves to be at 12 on this particular list. But I want to read to you what they're saying about Aaron Rodgers. It says though Rodgers threw just six interceptions over the past two seasons, which is incredible, by the way. His decline was evident in other areas, and despite playing behind the best pass-protecting offensive line in the league, his production was simply mediocre this season. Though he was once great, which is a harsh comment, the 36-year-old Rodgers is no longer one of the NFL's elite quarterbacks. Jeez, it's intense. His strength, turnover avoidance. Rodgers really took that State Farm commercial about, gosh, driving to heart. He has the lowest interception rate in the league and fumbled just four times. So the guy is very good at not giving the ball away. Weakness, production. Limiting interceptions does not make a quarterback su- successful on its own. The rest of his game just isn't there. He ranks 20th in QBR. His off-target percentage is the fourth highest, which is surprising to me. I did I, I view him as an accurate passer, but his off-target percentage is the fourth highest. And he led the Packers to just the, a league average success rate on passing plays all with the best pass protection a quarterback could have. So, and then the kicker, which is why I wanted to touch on this the most, what did I mention a couple podcasts back? I was doing the greatest quarterbacks of all time, saying where does Rodgers rank all time? Has he surpassed um, you know, guys like Peyton Manning? Or could he sur- surpass Peyton Manning? He hasn't yet. Could he surpass Peyton Manning if he wins another uh, Super Bowl with a Super Bowl MVP? And I said, could he surpass Brett Favre? Has he already? What do Packers fans think? So, let, get this what is at stake for Rodgers? Brett Favre or Rodgers? It's a legacy debate that hasn't been decided yet. Each has one Super Bowl title. title. Rodgers played in one, Favre played in two. A second Super Bowl title might finally give Rodgers the edge over Favre in the eyes of Packer fans who are still debating it. And if Packer fans are honest with themselves, and they can, they can let go of the fact that Brett Favre went to the Jets and then to the, the rival Minnesota Vikings, the division rival. Favre did have the better career to this point. I think Rodgers can surpass him, but to right now, it's not, it's not a gimme one way or another. There's great arguments for both. I would give a slight edge to Favre, a very slight edge. And I've decided that I'm going to save my all-decade team NFL-wise until after these playoffs because I consider these playoffs to count for the past decade because the entire season was played in 2019. And so this is part of that, that season. So I'm going to save my all-decade team uh, till that's done. And I'm going to save my Rodgers versus Favre debate until, I guess, until you know Rodgers is done. But I think he has a chance to surpass uh, Favre this season. But Vegas and ESPN's um, Power Index put the uh, put the Packers' chances below that of New Orleans, who has to go, who has to play in the wild card and then go on the road. Uh, they're saying New Orleans has the best chance to come out of the NFC. And guess what? Old Sean Bingham with STB Sports Take said, "I said it's Saints or Niners," and I, I view. The Seahawks, Saints, and 49ers all better than the two-seed Packers. Um, and Vegas and ESPN Power Index uh, has since agreed with me. So, interesting stuff there. But with intangibles, I still would put far ahead of a Ryan Tannehill. I'd probably bump Ryan Tannehill down decently low. Carson Wentz is another guy where it's like, man, like we don't know what he's capable of yet. We can see how talented he is, but does he have the intangibles? He was at MVP level a couple years ago when they won the Super Bowl. But he missed the last few games of that season and all of the playoffs and had to watch Nick Foles go and win Super Bowl MVP. So I feel like he's got a lot to prove uh, himself still. But I think the Seahawks will win tomorrow at Philadelphia. I said that in a previous podcast. have since realized that uh, Philadelphia's defense at home is actually the very best in the league in pretty much every statistical category. Points allowed, yards allowed. Um, all, of, all sorts of defensive stats as a team. They're number one in the league. I still say Seattle goes in there and beats them. But wildcard weekend is upon us, and I am excited to watch the games tomorrow and Sunday. Should be a lot of fun. I'll be here in L.A. hanging out with some friends, and it'll be a good time. So um, wrapping up, I have to touch on this before I let you guys go. Jason Garrett out in Dallas, as I said I've gotten pretty good with a lot of these predictions. Not that that one was hard. (laughs) Uh, But Jason Garrett is out in Dallas. So the NFC East did indeed clean out their coaching staffs uh, from everyone but the the weak division champ, Philadelphia Eagles. And I mean, they squeaked into the playoffs just simply because one of the teams had to. So all the other three coaches, Redskins, Giants, Cowboys, gone. Ron Rivera, of course, in, in Washington, my beloved Washington Redskins, and what is, surprise, surprise, what's a big uh, focus of his? Culture change is the key, he says. And, uh, you know, this is, coming from, <laughs> this is coming from a team where the team president, who's thank goodness, has since been fired, said, you know, the culture is pretty darn good, actually. Uh, no, it's not, Bruce Allen. The culture is actually horrendous, and we're going to change it. So thank you, Ron Rivera. Uh, I read today that he actually got rid of the ping pong table and shuffleboard table out of the locker room. Kind of keep players a little bit more focused and less goofing off uh, when it comes time for, for game time. So uh, Jack Del Rio was hired as defensive coordinator, which I am stoked about. So I have a lot of hope for the Redskins. And I have to, I have to mention this. Dan Snyder, when introducing Ron Rivera, if you didn't see this, you should Google it. It's January 2nd, this is yesterday. And he's, <laughs> he says, hi, everybody. Uh, first of all, happy Thanksgiving. And he wasn't joking. He said, happy Thanksgiving on January 2nd. So Dan Snyder's uh, had a rough holiday season, it seems like. But I think he made some good moves by getting rid of his buddy Bruce Allen and bringing in Ron Rivera, who then has brought in Jack Del Rio and is making some culture changes. So hail to the Redskins. I am stoked. That is all the time I have for today. You guys are awesome. Please share this podcast. Um, It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud, and occasionally YouTube, which I'm going to probably pick that up a little bit more as i go but please share it with your friends share it on twitter share it on your instagram whatever you want um, at sean bingham on twitter and i do have at sean bingham on instagram as well as at stb sports take and i'm still debating what to do with that but um love you guys share everything and that's all that's it for today i am out peace we the we the thanks for hanging with simply the best sports tank Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports.